This is HR in Review, a podcast dedicated to HR thought leadership, actionable advice, and all the latest developments in human resource management. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the fourth episode of our new podcast, HR in Review. I'm Monica Sharma, the editor of HR Review, and if you haven't tuned in before, in this short segment, we'll be looking back at some recent standout stories, and we'll be discussing the most relevant topics linked to HR. Each week will be based around a different theme, and this week's is employee mental well-being during and after the pandemic. Here today, I'm joined by my guest, Amma Afrifachi, who is Head of People, Wellbeing and Equity at Mental Health First Aid England. Um, Amma, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, Thanks for having me, Monica, today. My name, as Monica says, is Amma Afrifachi. I'm Head of People, Wellbeing and Equity at Mental Health First Aid England. We are a social enterprise and our vision is to improve the mental health of the nation by training one in 10 people in mental health awareness and skills. Amazing. Well, thank you um, for coming on here and welcome to the show, Amma. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to start off by talking about some research that Mental Health First Aid England actually conducted earlier this year about um, employee well-being and mental health within the crisis. It found that a quarter of employees say that they've had no well-being check-ins from their employers during the pandemic, and almost a third, 29% of workers, um, never discuss their mental health in line management meetings. Um, so, Amma, can you talk us through these statistics in a bit more depth? What was your reaction to them? Yeah, I mean, I guess my reaction to them, I wasn't surprised, but actually very concerned. So, as you said, like our research with over t- 2,000 employees found that almost mm-hmm. 29% of workers um, never have discussed mental health in their meetings with their line manager. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we always advocate regular well-being check-ins with colleagues, and they're absolutely vital to supporting people's mental health during the mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, and it's a very good starting point to building, you know, mentally healthy work- workplaces. Mm-hmm. Um, the Centre of Mental Health predicted or predict that 8.5 million more adults will need mental health support as a result of COVID-19. So it's imperative that employers play their part in creating the culture of care. Mm -hmm. You know, the pandemic has laid bare pre-existing inequalities when it comes to gender, race and the economy. And in turn, that has exacerbated them. Mm -hmm. You know, so this needs serious attention from employers um, as a start to rebuild. You know, the employers can help by driving positive transformation in workplace mental health and performance through bringing together diversity and inclusion and well-being mm-hmm. and mental health and well-being. So, you know, we always uh, um, advocate a whole organisation approach um, which is needed to support and protect mental health and well-being of employees. So mm-hmm. for me, I think, you know, um, whilst uh, whilst I'm not entirely shocked because obviously we had to really quickly turn around our normalcy for want of a better word um you know coming out of the workplaces and being comfortable in the spaces that we we knew work has Mm -hmm. into coming to working in our own homes so you know having to then adapt to that having to then adapt to all the other things that are happening whilst we're going through the pandemic a lot of things gets left out so especially if you're not seeing people face to face Mm -hmm. a lot of things can slip through the radar so I'm not surprised at all by the findings but as I said I'm really worried and concerned I think you know it's really imperative that regular well-being check-ins happen and and encouraging and demonstrating good self-care practices and offering Mm -hmm. flexible working arrangements are good places for employees employers to start. 
Right. So that's kind of um, <clears throat> something I wanted to ask you a bit more about. As you say, a lot of employees have completely shifted, you know, their work models. Are there any key things that managers and HR could be doing better to support their teams during, you know, times of, you know, potential disconnect? Absolutely. I think there's always more that managers and HR right. could be doing. And, you know, they should be encouraging, as I said, regular well-being check-ins. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it just sounds like really simple, but actually the simplicity of it actually can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. You know, encouraging um, regular well-being check-ins with colleagues. This is vital, as I said, to support people's mental health during the pandemic and just generally overall. Mm-hmm. You know, we will come through this pandemic. We will probably live the rest of our lives with COVID-19, but we right. will get through it. So mm-hmm. ultimately, whatever um, you know, managers, employers, HR implement now will be sustain should be sustainable and future proofing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's always a good starting point with that, and then building on to when you know how you then think about in creating a more inclusive, mentally healthy workplace. Mm-hmm. You know, HR should also explore the organization's options. You know, such as mental health first aiders or you mm-hmm. know the employee employee assistance programs. You know, mental health first aiders are trained to identify and um, the signs and symptoms of a range of mental health conditions. And they can mm-hmm. support people experiencing a mental health issue or crisis and signpost them to further help. But actually right. what is really good for HR to also do is whatever pre-exists in their benefits and their well-being strategies and their people strategies to review them. Are they mm-hmm. still fit for purpose? Um, upskilling their managers is also a crucial part in terms of giving line manager training around mental health awareness is also very good. You know, I talk about training a lot, but also I think that is part of the holistic approach. So, you know, it's not just choosing things to bolt on to other things. It's mm-hmm. more actually how do you embed them properly? You know, right. it's increasingly important for those who continue to work remotely in the pandemic, especially whilst others also return into the workplace. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, re-emphasizing regular check-ins, you know, is very much a crucial thing. We have produced our My Whole Self MOT kit, um, which can be downloaded as a free resource on our website and can be used by managers to help facilitate these conversations and signpost people to Mm -hmm. the useful resources that they need to support their well-being. But I will also say this about managers and HR. It's also as much as the, you know, I guess the accountability and responsibilities on leaders and HR and our managers, it's Mm -hmm. also finding a way to support the managers whilst doing so. Because, you know, as managers, there's lots of things you need to start thinking about now, you know, the old way of how you used to manage has changed because of pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. so how do you equip, upskill and support your predominantly new line managers to mm-hmm. become really good people line managers, but also how do you change the mindsets and also change the skill sets of existing managers and my existing managers I mean managers that have been managing for a while now to start thinking differently around what performance looks like and that is part of the mental health and well-being thought process as well as inclusion process that needs to be considered. Mm -hmm. I think those are really interesting points Emma as you said I think mental health and the strategies that are put in place have to be sustainable and really embedded not just you know for the short term over the course of this pandemic Um, and again kind of like you I was quite shocked by and disappointed by some of the statistics um it said that almost half of employees 43 percent said that their workplace mental health and well-being support either stayed the same or got worse and then as you said um 41 percent of employees say that they've had less frequent check-ins or none at all so I think if you're working to build a sustainable you know mental um 
well-being strategy it's it's worrying that it seems to be going on a downward trend at the moment yeah you know and I think it's really it's really important to really kind of take a step back and think about this because the way of work, and this is governed by the way and the evolution of the workplace and the way of work and also going forward mm-hmm. the future of work back in the day and I'm talking maybe probably 50s 60s whatever you want to like let's flash back a bit <laughs> um if we go if you if you think about it back in the day work and personal life was definitely compartmentalized you know they, mm-hmm. you would come to work do your nine to five and go home and it was all about just getting the work done and mm-hmm. as we have evolved as a as a culture as as, as you know as humanity and the world there are certain mm-hmm. things now that are very much blended so I'm very much an advocate of um you know work life integration and as she mm-hmm. was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about they used the word blend over right. balance because balance actually adds increased pressure and means that you have to find an equilibrium when actually mm-hmm. we all know in today's world you, you off there is peaks and troughs and you know it's very yeah. rare that you have a balanced you know 50 50 all throughout the time whereas if you approach things with an integrated mindset it's then mm-hmm. thinking about okay well how do i create um a space for myself whilst I'm working and also in my personal life where I don't feel that one has to, what is important to me and one has to override the other, um, mm-hmm. you know, and also setting it, then you start to think about things differently about setting in boundaries for those, th- those, you know, what is more important to me in my personal life and also equally what is important to me in my working life and how do I make sure there is an integration blend that works for me, which also, mm-hmm. and ultimately then you think about it from a self-care well-being perspective so you know yes like back in the day as I said people would come in and do their jobs so what happens is you have this traditional mindset of how HR should be how the workplace should be and that Mm -hmm. continuously evolves over time because you know you're having generations come through the workplace and now you know whether it's younger generations or generations that actually just want a better way of life they're Mm -hmm. beginning to realize that actually you know what we hire, we hire people based a lot on technical skill sets, which we should still do. But if mm-hmm. we're hiring people to look after people as well, there's an element of how do we upskill them to be people managers? And that's why I keep talking about it from a people manager centric position, because mm-hmm. you can have a one to one where we're talking about workloads and the, the the objective here is just to get the work done. Whereas yeah. actually, if you're having a one-to-one to talk about well-being, you're then able to have a conversation that makes someone think about how are you doing? How do I support you to get the best out of you, which ultimately mm. will turn up and shape up in a better productivity. And I think that's a really interesting and important standpoint because, you know, people-centric um kind of initiatives will always be more sustainable and and long-standing and I guess makes staff feel that you really care about them as a as a whole as you say um I I wanted to ask for like I guess practical tips you know some employers or line managers might find it quite difficult to open up conversations about mental health especially you know over teams or over zoom how how can they actually do this Follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Good question. I think, you know what, there is a whole, actually on our website, we have a great, um, we have great resources in terms of practical tips on how to, to open up the um, conversation and how to practically do this. And I think it's very much around, again, thinking about the conversations you have in your, um, your day-to-day um and how you can then integrate that into into your conversations and it's very much around starting with conversations and also Mm -hmm. thinking about how you can connect 
with employees in different ways. So some practical steps, again, are very much around setting up your day right, mm-hmm. um, ensuring that, you know, you know how you're starting your day and where you want to finish your day and what your working list, work, what your to-do list will look like. But also mm-hmm. to be a bit more kinder on yourself if you don't accomplish your to-do list. Because right. we, never, we never used to when we were in the workplace, so there will probably be no difference <laughs> in, when I mean the workplace, I mean in the office. So there's no yeah. real change there. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's, it's very much around... Um, building in to your one-to-one conversations for example um elements around well-being first before mm-hmm. you talk about work um you know asking really good questions and not just how you're doing but questions that really open up conversation of you know depending on when you you have your meetings if you have a morning meeting what have you had what did you have for breakfast did you mm-hmm. get have breakfast you know opening up those conversations how was your evening that kind yeah. of stuff really then brings it from a, a, a workload perspective to a people-centric perspective. And then you go into workload. Mm-hmm. You know, what have you got on for this week? One of the things I do actually with my team is um, we have a well-being check-in every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have one-to-one with my direct reports. But as a team, we have a well-being check-in. And the well-being check-in is focused on um, – I usually we usually have unless we have to move it it's usually happens on a Monday Mm -hmm. but then it's like how was your weekend how are you feeling what's going on and Mm -hmm. we share as a team to connect us as a team and then we just give high level pieces of what we're doing during the week and that's it Mm -hmm. and then I have my one-to-ones with my direct reports individually and I have the same format with that so it's Mm -hmm. you know it's things like that you know and also making sure you carve out time in your diaries to take a break you know again as an organization from an organization example we have um from 12 to 1 no meetings rule to give people a break Mm -hmm. um you know we set our calendar invites so that um you actually have five minutes so even if it's if it's an hour meeting for example you have five minutes at the end Mm -hmm. so it actually reminds you five minutes to the end of your meeting um that you've got so you've got time at least five minute breather before you go into the other meetings mm-hmm. you know we encourage people to go for walks we encourage people to switch off you know at certain times and keep to their keep to their time set so again yeah. as i said there's lots of information on our youtube page and also our website that gives you some really practical steps but those are some thoughts you know mm-hmm. again i'm organizing organizing walk and talk meetings so you're not constantly on zoom you know mm-hmm. checking with your team on how they want to communicate and how they want to socialize online gives you gives them the empowerment autonomy to to decide how that connection should be so Mm -hmm. similar you know things like that I think that's a really nice approach because it it kind of teaches us that you don't always have to go in there with a kind of straight question like how is your mental health which maybe a lot of employees might find daunting it's more you know finding ways to integrate questions about employees life and just general um kind of well-being check-ins absolutely and that actually makes gives and also creates a an environment of safety because if you go and mm. say how's your mental health yeah you know, break first of all <laughs> individual looking like thing what or what's mm. going on and or, or that will actually cause more anxiety and stress than right. anything else mm-hmm. but actually if you again approach it from the element of you know you like like you're having a conversation and i always say this like you're having a conversation with a loved one you always yeah. come from a place of empathy and concern you know mm. you, you know you don't go to your your, your loved one and say <laughs> you know how's your mental health today you know yeah. you, you would ask them more questions that actually bring up um conversations and from Mm -hmm. those conversations what you then do is 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 listen and the Mm -hmm. key thing to this is listening so that you're able to pick out anything that might be of discerning concern 
um, mm. for you. And the more you have these conversations, then it's the more that your um, direct reports or your team members will start to open up to you because ultimately mm-hmm. you have to build and come from a position of trust. I'm not going to tell you what's really on my mind or how I'm mm. feeling unless I don't trust you. And the no. only way I can trust you is if I, I feel that you are truly concerned about my well-being mm-hmm. um, to open up to that. And also that you will treat my you will treat me with respect if I do share anything with you mm-hmm. and actually you won't use it against me. So that actually will take time sometimes, but it will also take a proactive approach consistently to find out and I also think for managers and particularly line managers and people managers to to always try and make themselves available where possible Mm -hmm. so for me I always make it an imperative thing not to cancel my team meetings and not Mm -hmm. to cancel my one-to-ones if I have to move them I will consult to be before I move move Mm -hmm. them you know it's things like that that there's just the duty of care element that comes into it that then opens up the trust element, which then again opens up, and I hate using the word allow, I was just about to say, and I caught myself (laughs) saying it, but it opens up the empowerment of making individuals feel that they can then share their Mm. stories, their concerns, which then will then break down what ultimately we call stigma in the workplace to have the honest conversation. I think another part of, of the kind of research that was done, which was really interesting to me, was the difference between men and women's mental health um, and kind of how this progressed over the pandemic there was there was quite a startling contrast there um do you mind talking us through that sure absolutely and I think you know when we just talk and when we talk about mental health in general mm-hmm. we have to understand that it's a personal journey for all people and yeah. actually in some cases will impact other um individuals and communities more than other especially those communities and groups that are marginalized mm-hmm. and often where we talk about the narrative of mental health and well-being usually the vocal point comes from um uh a f- not a female perspective necessarily but it's generally told told in that narrative and often we don't hear the stories about how it impacts men or people of color or people mm-hmm. that who identify as lgbt plus you know and as the lockdown restrictions ease and employees begin to consider what workplace policies might look like going forward if they haven't already started to mm-hmm. you know we must focus on protecting the well-being of the whole workforce and recognizing the unique challenges that people or many people might face and this includes women people of color black people people mm-hmm. with disabilities and people who identify as lgbt plus you know and you know to prove provide the example of challenges that have been you know challenges faced by specific employee demographic as you mentioned you know our our research has found that um over double the number of women employees Mm -hmm. about 68 percent compared to men employees 31 percent said that their workplace confidence had decreased during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and in addition many more women 64 compared to 36 percent of men reported to um an increase in feeling of loneliness and feeling of isolation during the pandemic Mm -hmm. but However, there have also been impacts, for example, of the experiences from men, which also have been highlighted, because Mm. often we have to then, I think what's interesting about the pandemic is the roles we play with it, it, we've been playing within that. So, you know, women in the workplace, um, and I think I mentioned it earlier around the exacerbation of inequality issues that were already existing in the workplace that have Mm -hmm. come to fruition in, in, in the pandemic. Right. So, you know, I think, you know, employers must be aware of the challenges and active um, and actively work to create spaces for all employees. And this may include safe spaces for staff to speak openly about their mental health and well-being 
um, which will in turn help people to ask for support if they're experiencing poor mental health mm. or struggling to manage their work-life integration. I think that's a really good point. And there's been a lot of different research, which has kind of tried to quantify the impact on, you know, different marginalized groups. But then there is also the other side of it where a lot of the time mental health, um, especially amongst men, is not openly spoken about. So that may have contributed perhaps to kind of the research that came up in this case. And it all depends on the voices they pick from that research. Because like I said, Mm. when I talked about, you know, mental health and well-being being more kind of skewed well not skewed but more kind of being from a female perspective because lots of research out there that backs us up that men don't really talk about how they're feeling and that's usually because of the construct that society has built within how we should be as male and female in society or you know and um or gender neutral for that matter so Mm -hmm. you know i think you know when when we are equally looking at these research pieces we have to make sure that we have enough diverse voices in that to tell their stories and share their stories that then defines the narrative to be more inclusive because we're not having it hearing it from Mm -hmm. one side and also equally i mean you only have to pick up new news around the impacts mm-hmm. the pandemic have had on people of color and black people more so effectively so again how does this impact when you bring it back to mm-hmm. the workplace you mm-hmm. know are you again checking in and asking how people are doing are you checking in to make sure that you are really listening and hearing and it's interesting because there is this comparative of you know there's a saying mm-hmm. of yes you're listening but are you hearing me because you can listen to mm-hmm. someone but not hear what they're saying and ultimately this comes back to the non-judgmental listening and active listening active listening is really hearing what someone is saying and then making mm-hmm. sure that the changes are are made yeah. to help support I think that individual that is what a lot of organizations have have kind of been grappling with over the past year and how to replicate that in in a system where there's not you know in person meetings or you know where moments where you can catch up in the office mm-hmm. and i think that will continue to evolve over time as as you know more more kind of ways of dealing with this new new normal as people say come about um, so I wanted to move on quickly to an, the next piece of research, which was about employee benefits and well-being initiatives, which have come about in light of the mental health issues. Um, a survey by Willis Towers Watson found that almost nine in 10 companies were concerned about the increase in mental health issues amongst their employees. So as a result of this, over three quarters are planning to enhance mental health and stress management services over the next six months. Um, stress has been quite a, a topical issue at the moment because it is Stress Awareness Month as we're recording this. Do you have any advice for organisations mm-hmm. to help employees manage stress? If you have any comments on the HR and Review podcast, would like to suggest a topic or speaker, or provide other feedback, you can contact us using the email podcast at hrreview.co.uk. We look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, I actually wrote a blog about this oh, wow. <laughs> for the month, actually. So, um, again, I encourage all um, anyone listening to this podcast mm. to mm. read it on our MHFA England community blog on our website. But um, I, I, and when mm. I wrote it, actually, I wrote it from the perspective of understanding that uh, work mm-hmm. does not take place in the vacuum. Um, you know, and that and it's really important to understand that um, what happens in terms of work, um, the stresses of work don't just 
aren't just resulting to work-related stress. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, good employers, well, mm-hmm. good employers and, and good employers and managers will recognize or should recognize, um, be able to recognize the stress factors of all kinds um, that will impact our well-being at work. And it's not, as I said, it's not just related to what's happening at work. You know, the best um, will also be able to mm-hmm. realize the experiences are not universal and that certain factors such as the stories we have had to process over the last few months with the Derek Chauvin trial, um, Seven Avenard, you know, all these other mm-hmm. stories. And in my blog, I talk about it is that, you know, there are significant life right. events that impact us and our mental health and well-being some communities and some groups more than others um and this is on Mm. top of all Mm. the life hack stuff that also impacts us so you know you know so when you think about these events that are you know since since pandemic Mm. with george floyd and everything else that you know that are increasingly impacting people's mental health and well-being and then life events such as having a baby moving house this whole thing around with furloughed being furloughed Mm -hmm. you know all of that stuff again impacts the mental health and well-being of individuals Mm -hmm. and then we still have to wake up every day and go to work and deal with that so what is really important is that you know um, employees must build cultures where people have trust Mm -hmm. as I mentioned before flexibility safety and freedom to bring their whole selves to work or to want to choose to bring their whole selves to work because often enough now people Mm -hmm. opt the opposite not to because of fear of judgment and penalty Um, but if you create that environment you ultimately then create an environment where people mm-hmm. will excel. If you take care of your people, they will look after your business. And that element is around, you know, and it, and it heightens that whole thing around productivity and self-satisfaction, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, and I keep coming back to regular well behaviors and the attitudes within the workplace that create that. Sure. So I think I think you've touched on this a bit, but I just wanted to move on to one final question, which is that now that we're emerging out of lockdown and potentially going into a new work model, what do you think is next for mental health as a whole and the steps that organisations need to put into place? Why not subscribe to the premium version of HR in Review? You'll get ad-free content, early and extra episodes and more. Even better, although it's the premium edition, it's absolutely free. Sign up at hrreview.co.uk slash podcast. Good question. Uh, let me take a breath on that one. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, as we move into hybrid models or, or a mixture of one or the other, mm-hmm. I think it's really imperative to, to just take a minute to, again, review what, whether what you've put in place is still working for you mm-hmm. as an organization but more so working for you in terms of your people and the only way you can do that is is sense check mm-hmm. with your people you know there are particularly important areas that might be overlooked for well from employee well-being and I think stuff, stuff like you know I, I mentioned it with George Floyd but you know as uncomfortable mm-hmm. as people might find it conversations about racism in the workplace need to happen to bring yeah. about widespread recognition around systemic racism mm-hmm. is a commonplace in the majority of organizations you know supportive and inclusive environments are often far from far from the experiences that many people of color black people in particular might feel but also as I mentioned people with disabilities people that um, identify as LGBT community and gender so all of these things where you're where people are hiding their parts Mm. is not um it's not conducive to creating a workplace culture from an inclusion perspective i think also it's around thinking about um 
how you listen to your employees Mm. um, to then bring about change in the workplace. And if you solicit the voices of the experience of your employees, you do need to action on that. You can't just say, we're listening, I want to hear your view and then do nothing from it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think, you know, I've mentioned before about creating um, safe bases and safe places Mm -hmm for different marginalized groups to have going probably towards more of a hybrid model or some Mm. organizations are being very bold enough to just go remotely 100%. It's Mm. around the communication, it's around the connectedness and it's around um, the sense of belonging in that element Mm -hmm. um, of how you make sure that, you you know, there isn't a split or divide in those various, uh, um, whether that various locations, et cetera, you know, to maintain a sense of unity and openness, senior leaders should role model healthy working behaviours and mm-hmm. habits. Um, and also, um, you know, thinking about um, being open and sharing the stories. Right. Whether it's from leadership right down to to support staff. Um, yeah, so I think it's, the, you know, a, a very much holistic amalgamation of all those things, but it's sense checking with your people what they need in order to integrate it to make sure that it works best for you and constantly retroing and reevaluating whatever you're putting in place mm-hmm. to make sure that there is support across the board, right from support to CEOs and C-suite, right through to support to um, to support staff. But also there's something around the education piece around ensuring people know how to look after their own health and mental health and well-being because it's a two-way relationship. There's a duty of care that comes from organisations as mm-hmm. employers, there's also a duty of care as an individual to look after your own self and be responsible for your own mental health and well-being too. Mm -hmm. Fantastic well thank you so much Emma for joining me on the show it was so wonderful to have you on here and kind of hear your expertise on what employers should do and and how they should deal with mental health issues in the workplace. Um, If our audience do want to reach Emma um, she can be accessed at Mental Health First Aid England Um, If you enjoyed this podcast, we also do have webinars on Inside HR, which will delve into similar topics. Our next one is on the 13th of May, which will look at what is next in terms of work-life balance. And we also have one on the 20th, which is about what flexibility looks like to the post-COVID workforce and how to create flexible working policies for different employees. Um, If you're interested in learning more about well-being in the workplace, the future of work, the transition to hybrid working or any other topic linked to HR, head over to our website, hrreview.co.uk. Thanks once again to Amma for joining us and to our audience for listening to our podcast. We hope to see you in two weeks time where we'll be continuing the discussion on the most relevant HR topics. See you then. The HR and Review podcast is brought to you by hrreview.co.uk. hrreview.co.uk is a website dedicated to human resources and related professionals. News items are posted daily together with analysis looking in-depth at topical HR issues. You can sign up for our range of specialist newsletters at hrreview.co.uk slash sign up and follow us on Twitter at HR Review or join us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you for listening.